If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So we're into August. It won't be long to Halloween. Halloween. Oh, Halloween. Can you imagine the headlines that day? Uh, let me speak to David McCann, Deputy Editor with Slugger O'Toole. Good morning, uh, David. Morning, Frank. David, I want to put the spotlight on Anglo-Irish relations at this present moment in time. Leo and Boris, will they get on at all? Well, obviously there was a bit of um, a consternation about how long it took Boris Johnson to um, to ring the Taoiseach and to to talk through um, some of the issues. Even though they're both on the centre-right of politics, um, they're two very different people. Obviously, Ireland's got diametrically opposed interests in this uh, from the British government. Um, And from what it actually seems, and if you look at some of the commentary from many of the main Brexiteers, um, the criticism of Theresa May's approach was that maybe she did too much to run to Europe. She did too much in terms of meeting European leaders and that Boris is just going to sit back and maybe uh, isolate Dublin and um, and hope that the European Union panics and uh, essentially throws Ireland under the bus in order to get a trade agreement. So, so I, I mean, in terms of just in terms of just political goals, the two of them um, are diametrically opposed and have have very divergent um, interests. And there are internal frictions as far as Ireland's concerned, because there is this sort of confidence and supply arrangement that Fianna Fáil have with Fine Gael in in the Republic. Sure. And Tim Dooley from Fianna Fáil, he's clearly blaming Leo Varadkar, saying the standoff with our neighbour is a direct result mm-hmm. of Varadkar's failure to engage in basic diplomacy over the last couple of years. Yeah, and uh, I, I noted that he uh, uh, deleted that tweet and, and his party leader, Michal Martin, had to come out and basically um, uh, move away from what Timmy Dooley had said and basically said, Look, no, the fault, the fault of this rest with the British government. And, and ultimately... Uh, I think that's right. The UK is the party wishing to leave the European Union. It is not up to the European... It is not the European Union's job to then go and work out a solution for the UK. It is up to the UK to develop solutions as as to the manner and terms in which they want to leave. Um, And ultimately, the the Irish government... uh, First off, it's not an Irish government negotiation. It's, 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 It's the European Commission negotiating with the British government. Um, so, so Ireland is one voice out of 27 in that room. Ireland, the Irish government has done a good job in terms of keeping, um, you know, things like the border on the agenda um, uh, within these negotiations. And that's been essentially where the British government have just underestimated things. The British government have consistently made punts uh, throughout this now near three-year process 
that Ireland would be thrown under the bus at some at some point and that they would just relent and maybe give some fudge on the border. And the European Union haven't done that. So again, Boris is uh, as um, as was noted um, uh, a few nights ago. Um, you know, the, the British government have consistently miscalculated in terms of the importance of Ireland and the importance um, of uh, of the border to the European Commission. Um, and again, it, it's pretty hard to see why the European Union, after three years of holding firm on this, are going to all of a sudden buckle within the next uh, two months. But if there's a no-deal scenario, mm-hmm. we could have a position where the rest of Europe insists on Ireland providing a border somewhere that would be incredibly inconvenient for anyone who lives on the island of Ireland. Oh, absolutely. But but again, this is another um, point of just fantasy land politics. Um, If you have two different customs arrangements in any country, you have a border. There has to be a check. There has to be a check for goods and services crossing that border. One of the reasons why the European Union developed a single customs union um, was to eliminate those barriers. And if you take a look at borders between uh, Canada and the United States, they've got a free trade agreement. Um, uh, but between those two countries, there are still checks. And this is the problem that a lot of Brexiteers um, are still not addressing. That I mean, it, it's all very well and good, the British saying, oh, well, we won't put up a border. But will Britain really allow the free flow of goods unchecked? into their domestic market that doesn't that mean any trade any trade expert who i've listened to has said that that is just an absolute nonsense that the uk would allow that and even and and vice versa the european union wouldn't allow that influx of unchecked goods into their single market no country allows that um so again this this is part of the this this is part of the part of the problem and the interesting thing frank we're, we're, we're talking about border infrastructure and the backstop the backstop was actually a success for the british government because what the european union originally started out with was that they wanted a northern ireland only backstop um and the uk managed to negotiate them down to a uk-wide backstop which meant no differentiation between northern ireland and the, and the rest of the uk and that northern ireland would not be essentially Ripped up, uh, would uh, sorry, and essentially that Northern Ireland would not be differentiated from the rest of the UK. So the backstop was actually a real policy victory for um, for for the British government because the European Union at the start of the negotiation did not want a UK wide backstop, but the British government managed to get them to that position. So it's a shame that what is actually a success for the for for the British government is now being portrayed as a great policy failure when it was actually something uh, of a success for them in the negotiation. But not really seen as the Brexit that people had voted for. Well, this is just a, well, what, what Brexit the people vote for. I know people who voted Leave, Frank, some of whom wanted a Norway-type Brexit. They wanted kind of out of the single. The, sorry, that they wanted um, they wanted out of some of the programs of Europe. That maybe they would have been happy enough with with access into the single market. So that's kind of the Norway type deal. We then had others um, who wanted yeah a total hard Brexit and a clean break. There are some others who wanted kind of another halfway house in between that, maybe a bit of a mix of what Gibraltar has and what Norway has. So there are numerous different ways in which you can say you can leave the European Union and and ultimately, yeah, sure, you can go for the hard break 
use it if you want. And uh, but but essentially, even during the during the Leave camp, even during the EU referendum, and go look at the Leave campaign at the time, there were a myriad of different views. Even Boris Johnson himself in 2013, when he was mayor of London, was asked, "Would he want the UK outside the single market?" He said, "No, he didn't think that would be a good move for the UK." I was just six years ago when he was the mayor of, of the biggest city in uh, in the United Kingdom. So again. What, what's, what's changed in those six years? You know, a lot of um, a lot of um, uh, institutions are are warning are warning about this, and and this is the problem with with binary referenda. In, in this case, when you get a binary referendum on a complex issue, you get you get a varying uh, you people vote for for various different reasons, and I don't think. I don't think a majority of people in the UK would dispute the idea that the UK is going to leave the European Union. The question is how we're going to leave the European Union. And I think that um, that that's where the real dispute um, is. It's not about sabotaging Brexit. It's just about what kind of Brexit um, do we deliver in the end. And will we have a general election before or after we leave? Uh, that's the million dollar question. So we have party conference season. So Parliament will come back uh, at the start of September for a brief period. Then we go off the party conference season in September. So where the Lib Dems, Labour and the Tories have a party conference. Um, now the Tories are typically last to go. So they're towards the end of September. So he could potentially fit a general election in probably just before, just before uh, the 31st of October. He could probably fit one in. Um, uh, unless uh, unless his strategists are telling him, well, no, maybe you're better just to crash out and then hold the election. Um, I think it's almost it's almost pretty clear he is going for it. He, the people he's put around him in 10 Downing Street, you know, people like Dominic Cummings, who was the head of uh, strategy for the Leave campaign. Um, I think that, 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 that it is looking more and more likely. It depends what the Brexit party do. Um, will they contest elections in a general election or will they just rule in behind Boris Johnson? Um, ultimately, if the polls by early September are still sh- are showing a, strong, a strengthening of Boris Johnson's position, I think he would probably fancy his chances in going for, for an election. Why do I think that? Because the arithmetic is just not there in the House of Commons for him to do anything meaningful in terms of of a Brexit agreement in terms of maybe uh, getting a hard Brexit. So, so if he can frame an election about uh, about you know kind of getting out of the European Union, getting out quickly, um, he could potentially in a first past the post election wedge enough voters over in enough constituencies to maybe get a majority um, out of that. So, so a general election before the end of October is definitely something that he would be looking at and considering. Okay, David, thank you. David McCann from Slugger O'Toole. Uh, this is the U105 phone in. Flying our way through the summer here on the airwaves and whatever's on your mind, we're always interested in it. Here